If you feel anger, does that mean that you're not enlightened? If you've reached a state of enlightenment, does that mean you'll never feel anger again? We're going to have a really interesting conversation today, everyone, about the spectrum of emotion and how to hold yourself through that experience to live a really graceful life, a full life, saying yes to all that life has to offer you. Today's guest is Sophia Renia Morales of Sovereign Self. And I hope you join us for this conversation to find out more. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we come into sacred space together and we open up to hear another story, another perspective, another reflection on the human experience. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love to have these conversations week after week because they really open me up to my own self-inquiry, my own self-awareness, my own journey through life, and to hear things from different perspectives about the experience that we're all collectively having. And as we talked about last week on the show, we talked about really honoring the experience, including the experience of anger, which has really gotten a bad rap. And it's been, you know, really suppressed and kind of shoved out of the temple. Like we don't do that. (laughs) And we're supposed to only be happy and we're supposed to only be joyful and we're supposed to only dwell in the higher vibrations. And when we're doing life right, that's where we're at all the time. And... Uh, I love all the shoulds and supposed tos in those statements. Right? (laughs) And then that's what happens. That's why, that's why then we have these outbursts and we have these periods of time where the universe just kind of conspires that everybody is going to like be in what I'm calling the after party. So there's like this (laughs) hangover happening. Well, it's kind of after the after party in a lot of ways. The after party is the hangover party. And it's like that space where we feel like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said this. I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I had done that. Yeah, that didn't play out at all the way I imagined it might have. (laughs) All the self-judgment, right? And so, yeah, so we're in that, we're in that hangover, everybody, and it's okay. And we're going to have a really wonderful conversation about how do you support yourself through the hangover? How do you support yourself when collectively we're purging arguably centuries of anger that was repressed and not allowed <laughs> to be expressed in the collective? And we're processing that and we're we're really coming into harmony with ourselves in a much more honest way. And one of the card pulls that I had the other day was the wailing tree. And it really feels like that's what's collectively happening right now is the wailing tree. 
And we really want to honor that experience. So like we did last week, we had a conversation about it. We're going to have another conversation about it this week with our guest, Sophia Renia Morales. Welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you and having this conversation. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, because we're humans. We came here to have the full range of emotions, regardless of what you might have been told growing up. And especially as women, we get told that anger is not an emotion we're allowed to have. I think, you know, if you look at the patriarchy and all the things, it would be very dangerous for women to have anger, which is why this message has been out there and out there and out there. But when you come back to we're souls having this human experience, and we have all the feels, despite what we've been told, and some of us perhaps have gotten really good at like pushing it down. Oh, I'm never angry. I'm never angry. I got news for you, sweetheart. There is a well of anger down there that you just haven't tapped into yet. Or if you've recently tapped into yours and you're wondering, what the heck? It's okay. That's normal because we're here to have the full range of experience. And we can save that experience for ourselves to a point in our lives where it's safer and more appropriate for us to have that emotion. And so if you're in this moment of your anger has burst out and you're wondering what's wrong with you, the answer is nothing. And I would invite you to step into an understanding of emotions as the things that move us through life, that move us into action, emotion, and to recognize that this is simply a messenger. It's simply to tell you that your boundaries have been violated. It's part of knowing where your edges are. And as women, a lot of times we're trained into not having enough edges and enough boundaries. So the fact that you've run into this well of anger is not surprising. It just shows that you're a perfectly normal human being having a normal human reaction to your boundaries being violated. So then the question becomes, now what? Now what? And that's what we're going to explore today. And so thank you, Sophia. You know, for those of you who are not familiar with her, and she was on the show before, so some of you might remember um, that other episode. I'm going to put the link in the show notes below. But she is actually a certified hypnotist, and she's the host of the Sovereign Self Show. And I've been on that show talking about intermedicine and many other times. We've done collaborations back and forth. And for those of you who don't know and haven't heard her story, um, let's just say biophysicist, corporate exec, investor, healer, hypnotist. She's had the scenic route through life. and Yeah, I've I've done all the extremes. (laughs) She knows all the things. So she's actually overcome a lot of challenges, abuse and relationship, chronic pain, infertility, Lyme, just to name a few things. So Sophia's coming at this with lots of joy and passion in her heart and lots of warmth. And so that's her background. She's working with clients all the time. So yeah, Sophia, it's like, um, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because there's a lot of things in the collective that have been coming up and definitely in my, in my zone of like paying attention. So I have a lot of people in my zone of paying attention that are looking at the sister wound. A lot of people that are looking at the mother wound, you know, I wrote the book, the mother healing, the weather, healing the mother wound. So like, this is in my, like my area of inquiry and like looking at. And so, and I love that you brought up the sister wound. Yeah. Because it's a big deal. It is a huge deal. And I was, in fact, having this conversation with a male colleague of mine who is helping me rethink, you know, what I'm putting out into the world, who I'm serving, where I'm going. And I mentioned that women are raised to see each other as competitors. 
we're not raised to be part of a team and to see our sisters as resources and helping hands and people we can link arms with. And that's hugely wounding to it is, and it's the, the ability to, to learn and move forward. Exactly. And it can be totally the opposite. And that's part of the reason that men, quote unquote, succeed so much faster than women in especially male-dominated workplaces, is they have this brother-in-arms attitude. And they have a tendency to look at the people underneath them coming behind them and to train their replacements to mentor the next generation in ways that women are not trained to do. That's really profound that you're saying that because one of the things that I noticed in my little resurgence of anger in my life, because as I was talking to you before, <laughs> I normally, like I've gone through deep, deep rage and anger. So I processed a lot. And so I guess I thought I was done. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that process would complete, right? <laughs> Whoops. So I had, a, I had like, deep triggers pushed again. Right. Sure. And I was actually like, this time I was like, awesome. I didn't know that was still in there. You know, so let me go. Yeah. Opportunity <laughs> to heal more, right. <laughs> Opportunity to get at that thing. Cause I didn't even know that was in there. So I didn't know it was still in there. So what it was, was actually the revelation was that it was with regarding the police. So I had got, and I talked about this weeks ago with uh, Kim O'Neill, you guys, so you might want to like go back and listen to that episode. But like, I got this guy tailgating me, a policeman. It was a tailgating me. And it was like oh. very intrusive and very like, in like, in shooting intimidation energy at me. Yeah. Like, aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. you know, and like trying to provoke me into a response. And I didn't respond in that case, but I went and filed a complaint. And then two days later, I thought I was feeling good about myself with it and everything. And two days later, there was another, a different cop, I think, a different person there at that same place on that same stretch and ticketed me. Right. And so immediately I was like, oh, you're targeting me. Cause you know, the you men sucker, you complained and now I've got a target on my back. Yeah. And I, and the thing is I accused him of it. I was like, I was like, this is that man thing where you guys all like have each other's backs. And because I complained about one of you now, the, the rest of you are going to be out to get me. I was like, that's what this is. And he, he denied, he's like, he was very offended yeah. that I even said it, but well, he, he's, Regardless, if you hit the truth or not, he's not going to own that. Right, exactly. He's it's, it's, it's part of that united face, right? <laughs> exactly, the united face of men, right? And that's what women have been up against forever is this, you know, the good old boys network is what we call it in Texas, is where they yes. all have each other's back. And it's like, ah, oh, that bitch, she did this. Oh, let's go get her and make sure. Because everybody else was doing pretty much the same thing I was in front of me, but he picked me, right? Because he saw my car. Yeah. So it's like, this is the thing where we know men operate this way. And so yeah. even if this particular time, it wasn't that way, and it was an assumption, it, that assumption is based on thousands of years of history. Exactly. The <laughs> sitting there in your, your DNA, in your genetics, and it's hanging out there. And I, I know there are probably people who will hear that and go, yeah, right. Okay. Scientist tends to go, yeah, right. But they've proven that your experience, your environment makes an impression on your DNA that you can pass on to your kids and their DNA will already have that in there. So I, a lot of the hereditary stuff is literally hereditary. It's not just this analogy that we're using that, oh, well, it's all the ancestral stuff coming down to be healed for us now. It's literally there in your DNA. 
And, and they, so, they track that the yeah. DNA changes, actually. Like even Absolutely. for disease, sometimes the marker turns on and sometimes it turns off. And sometimes if it's turned on, you can do some epigenetic healing and it turns off. So yes. you know, we know that this is actually happening. And I believe that this, I fully know that the mystery, as I like to call it, is sent, that, sent me that experience so that I would locate this deep wound so that I would look at it, explore it, feel it. So that I would release the energy for all of my ancestral women, right? Release that yes. hostility and from heal that centuries yes. of crap, and then see the pattern, and then have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It for everybody else, you know. Well, and here's the thing: a lot of people will. Uh, what do I want to say? They will hover over and protect their wounded places, as opposed to healing it. They will build a barrier around it and go, well, I have a trigger here, so you better not come near that trigger. And while that on its face seems like perhaps a reasonable solution in that instance, when you don't go down and heal what's in that trigger, you keep having to build bigger, more elaborate protections around this triggered spot. And that affects your ability to be in intimacy with other people, to be relaxed with other people, to be calm with other people in places where being that way would promote the outcome that you want. And I see that a lot in women in minority groups, in alternate lifestyle people. It's like, I have this trigger. I can't believe you didn't call me they when I told you my program pronouns were they. It takes retraining. And the person who did that is in the process of learning. They're going to make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that they don't respect your choice of pronouns. It means they're working to retrain themselves. And when you don't heal your triggers around it, you have a tendency to see villains where there are not villains. They're just people who are trying to do something new and are having challenges with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. It goes along with don't take anything personally, which is a Toltec agreement. And that I've. Yeah, and easier said than done. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish they'd have given me that book in third grade because I think I would have yes. avoided a whole lot of massive drama in my life if I did just know not to take it personally and why. And for those of you who are like, well, how don't you take that personally? Yes. <laughs> it's because it's not about you, because. How anybody reacts to anything has nothing to do with you, actually. It has to do with their own filters, their own la learning process, their own the way that they view the world, like how challenging it is for them to change something. If they poke your wound by saying something, they're not usually trying to do that. It's like it's yeah. like something came out and then it poked your wound. And so when it does that, also don't take your own wounds personally. This is the part that is like another layer down of don't take anything yeah. personally. Is like with sometimes those wounds that got provoked inside you don't even have anything to do with you anyway. They're from your ancestors, but they're yes. in your body and you feel it preciously. And you might even wonder, why the hell did I react like that? And be surprised at yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the interesting things around emotions is we've been taught that so many of them are out of bounds, whether you're a guy or a woman, there's always a set of emotions that are, quote unquote, not appropriate for your gender. And this is a cultural construct, I think, that it's important for us to look at and start to take apart. Guys, for example, are forbidden from crying. This is the classic one. But more often than not, they're also forbidden from really feeling. 
if you think about a lot of what the messages that that come to boys is like man up, toughen up. And so they're discouraged from empathizing with other people. They're discouraged from crying. They're discouraged from considering the emotional impact of their actions. And that leaves you crippled as a person to an extent because that's how you build relationship is empathizing and understanding the other person's viewpoint, whether you agree with it or not is a different matter. But to be able to listen and receive that without going into this mode of I must destroy you because you're now other. (laughs) And so that's one of the things that the guys are raised with. And then women on the flip side are told to always be nice and polite and happy and sweet and all of those things. And so things like being sad, being upset, being angry, being depressed or discouraged, these are all things that are off the table for women traditionally. But again, now you've crippled yourself in your existence. You don't have a way to express then when your boundaries have been violated because oftentimes we're so trained out of the anger that we don't even recognize it as a violation. Yeah, and there's actually a clogging of the chakra system and the kundalini energy when you will not experience anger is that it's really hard to have true joy without the depth of having experienced anger as well and let that move through your body because anger is kind of like a big fire energy. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a purification system too, as much of it is a, a boundary alert system. Exactly. It's, it well, comes through em- like fire. Emotions are like a pendulum. Okay. And so if you want to be able to experience the extreme of joy, happy, contentment, all of that serenity stuff on the one side, you have to be able to allow that pendulum to swing all the way the other way, which would include those emotions of anger and frustration and all the stuff that's on the other end of that. When you put a wall in the middle of that swing of your pendulum and go, I'm not going over into any of that anger, negativity stuff ever. I'm not experiencing that. Then your pendulum, when it comes to swing back, smacks against that wall and it doesn't have the momentum to go back out to that high again of the happiness, the joy, the emotions that we consider fun and and positive. And you basically, your energy gets dampened and then you end up with lackluster feelings about life. And that's where most people are. And they're either artificially there by taking some not feeling pill or they're there because they suppress themselves or they don't want to feel things. Or, you know, like in my case, I would not stand up and feel my feelings. Yeah. And and I could, I had somebody who was poke, 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 poking me, you know, I think by design <laughs> so that I would get so pissed off that I would have anger. Respond, respond. I would, I yeah. Kept trying to like avoid it. And I was like trying to just be nice. And I had this like, I had one of those tight smiles, you know. Like, yeah. And yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and I was like, I was just, and finally at the end of our marriage, I, I literally, I knew it was done because I just put my foot through the wall. I literally karate chopped the wall <laughs> with my foot. I was like, that's enough. And then Carrie showed up, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Carrie showed up and said, that is enough. I am done with that. I do not want that anymore. I am moving on now. I am not okay with this. I do not like how our kids are learning about relationship. This is not good. And Carrie showed up and said, no, like the first time ever. And I needed that relationship to push me to the place. So God bless him to the place where I would say, no, 
no yeah. more. And we need that on the planet, don't we, Sophia? Right a- absolutely. We no. We need to say no. We need to say no more often and more firmly. But there is a place for, you mentioned these people who push and poke. And there's a reason that we designed them into our lives <laughs> as part of our life they experience. They are also angels, believe they it or not. They are also angels. They are also part of your soul family, which is part of the reason you are attracted to them to start with. There was something about them that it's like, yes, I must be involved in this person. And that's usually a soul level urge because there's something to be learned. My first marriage was that way. And the thing I was there to learn was how to love myself and how to set boundaries and how to say no and how to value myself. And that all sounds wonderful on its face. The experience of learning that, though, is really difficult. Okay. And when I say things like, well, you chose this, it's not the personality that chose this. It's the, the soul aspect, the higher self, the part that goes, oh, this will be a snap. <laughs> yeah, until you experience it. And, and then the personality <laughs> comes in and it's like, this is not easy stuff here. It's hard. It's but very hard most- stuff. The most there ground are, for change in that. Ex- the most, and there's so many yeah. gifts that you can pull out of that. And in fact, that first marriage was where I was first able to access my anger. And boy, when it started coming out, I thought it was a bottomless pit. Yeah. I was in counseling and I had a counselor ask me to read this book. I think the author was Melanie Beattie. It's called The Dance of Anger. And the farther I got into that book, the more angry I was and the more angry I was and the more angry I was, but it had to come out. It's not like I was being angry just to be angry. It's like, oh my God, that was a boundary violation. And that's also a boundary violation. And that's also, my entire life is full of these boundary violations. And that's waking up. That's as a female, that is waking up. And I've talked about this in the last, another episode someplace. I can't remember where I was, but I started reading the book Pussy, okay, by uh, Mm -hmm. Mama Gina. And I'm reading this book and I'm like, I've been through so much of this already. I just didn't know that was the journey I was on. Like the, yeah. the things that she's saying and the things I'm seeing in the book, I'm like, I've been through this. I I realized this. And it's putting things into context for me that I had some self-judgment about. Like my sexual revolution at the end of my marriage that destroyed my marriage. Like yeah. I had a little bit of judgment about like that. Oh, I guess I kind of like really trashed him and, and drug him through the mud. You know, like I really did. I had like... Uh-huh. I had the, the horses and I had him, I had him tied up, like going through town, you know, like. Well, and it's important to recognize, <laughs> right, where you have done wrong yeah, to another and a, person. And like, pona, 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 yeah, right I'm so sorry. And yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I went through my I hate men phase and I traded a bunch of men pretty shitty when I was in that phase. It was something I needed to work through. And it was something that I went back and apologized to a bunch of people for later. But it's part of the human experience. It's part of the learning experience. And again, going back to that pendulum analogy, right? When you've been pulled so far into the suppression of emotions and the suppression of your own sense of boundaries and personhood, you have to kind of swing back way past the center when you go to reclaim it. Yeah, and exactly. So, and not judge yourself along the process. Exactly. Love yourself. Know that it's a process you're going through. Know that it's okay and it's normal for you to be going through this. And it's also okay to apologize to people. 
when yeah, you've done the wrong things will be received and sometimes not. Well, and, and you have yeah. to release that. You have yeah, to exactly. release that, right? All you can do is offer a sincere apology. They can choose whether to accept it or not in that moment to decide whether they think it's sincere or not in that moment. That's all on them. But your part of it is to say, look, I've recognized that I behaved badly towards you and I'm sorry for that. And so what I say to people with anger is that to do the best you can, because women are taught also another thing, which is very challenging, which yeah. is to use our power of story to tell stories with the emotion. And so yes. that creates more of the thing you say you don't want, right? When we keep putting a story to it. So there's like, yeah. there's a magical art of story so that it doesn't create gossip and it doesn't create drama, but it gives you the opportunity to access how you're feeling, right? So it's, a exactly. little, it's a tricky little skill to learn. Well, yeah, because we're taught to use story badly, right? You mentioned the gossip and the drama. This is a lot of times what we get from our families of origin, especially if it's a family where you're not, uh, what should I say, where confrontation is not an acceptable thing. I was raised by a German and a Norwegian, and Norwegians particularly are this way. When I studied in Norway, in fact, I had initially three roommates. There were four of us in the room, and I was doing something that one of them did not like, but she wasn't willing to talk to me about it. And so she would send the other two to mention that maybe I ought not to be doing that thing. And I'm like, well, if it really bothers her, she should talk to me herself. And that wasn't going to happen. So what they did instead was figured out how to get me a room of my own, which was perfectly happy. I was perfectly happy to have that. <laughs> but that gossiping thing and that ganging up and that behind yeah. the back and that that passive aggressiveness, women do that behavior when they are powerless yes. inside. When they don't feel powerful, that's why they do that behavior. Well, and, and so, that's what we're trained to do as women, right? right? We're trained that it's unladylike for a woman to stand up and say what she means and to set a boundary. It's bossy, it's it's bitchy, it's all the the nasty words that they like to apply to women. But it it's not. You don't have to do it that way. Yeah, you can simply say this is unacceptable. I don't want to be treated this way. This is how I prefer to be treated. Thank you. Okay. And setting a boundary is necessary everywhere. It's kind of Absolutely. Like- you know, this is one thing that as, as soon as I started reading that book and I started all the dots started connecting of the work that I've been doing, right? It's like I'm in my power more and like things like went to the next level. It was like, whoosh, like power yeah. came in. And then I noticed as soon as that happened, that's when all these like little matrix attacks started. It's like, oh, the police are going to intimidate me. Oh, they're going to do this. It's like, and then, oh, this person over here is going to make some nasty comment. I don't have nasty comments yeah. on my feed ever. I had like a rash of nasty comments. I was like, whoa, okay. It's like, yeah. it's like, get back in your place, woman. Get back in your spot. It's well, like, and no, it's part I'm of life showing you how far you have come on healing the issue. Because I've noticed these things come around and come around and you heal a little more and you heal them a little more. And then you think, hey, I've got it healed. And they'll come around one more time just to prove to you that you are. Because you deal with it differently, you handle it differently, you don't let it suck you down into the pit of despair, right? It's just like, okay, that's your thing, and go with God, I'm doing my thing. You know, I think that if we could accept the full range of the human experience, I think that we would get 
to a state of enlightenment so much faster. I mean, we have, when I looked at the power versus force, which I love to use that. Uh, oh, Hawkins, I love David right? Hawkins. Yeah. So perfect, right? We see that the that the very bottom is shame and the very top is enlightenment. And so that pendulum you're talking about, if you can't feel shame, you're probably not going to make it all the way to enlightenment, you know? So it's like, yeah. you've got to be willing to go to the darkest, darkest little dank spot in your consciousness and to unlock the potential for like the highest of the high, right? And Absolutely. anger is actually close to the middle. Anger is like... Anger is the moment that you actually come into your power. If you've read his book, mm-hmm. anger is a motivator. It's an energy propeller to bring you into some of those higher states. The next stop is pride, right? And then right. The, and then finally you, you hit into the power matrix when you're in courage, Yes. So we talk a lot about being courageous to follow your own path, to say you don't want something, to say this is what I like better, this is my journey, I'm not going to conform. Like and anger lot, is oftentimes the thing that puts you in that courageous place. Exactly. I yeah. I'm so done and I'm not going back. So I'm going to do this thing that scared me previously. And then a lot of people think it's like we just go up the matrix and then we're we're there. Yeah, no, it's an up and down thing, I'm afraid. <laughs> but that's that's the thing that that I think people misunderstand frequently about emotions. It's like we think about happiness as a destination. If I do all these things, if I get all these pieces in my life in the right places, then I will have this magical existence of happy. And that's not how emotions work. They are intended to pass. They arrive, they give their message, and they move on. They arrive, they bring their message, and they move on. And so things like joy and happiness and contentment don't hang around any more than sadness and frustration and despair hang around. They're not intended to hang around. And when you get too many of the same emotions hanging around in a group, you end up with this situation called like clinically depressed, right? And so it's important to take the messages and act on those messages. Don't hoard the emotions around, whether they're good ones or bad ones. Just accept the message and go, oh, happiness, I'm so glad you're here. And pointing out to me what a lovely day it is, what a wonderful time I'm having with my kids or my friends or whatever it is. Thank you for that. And just allow it to pass. And I think that a lot of us are... Averse, though, to those heavier, denser emotions or the ones that have been so judged, like shame, yeah. judgment, and all these things. We judge judgment. We judge shame. We judge all these things. And we don't want to feel those things. And then so we create these systems to like assess, like, are you on track? Are you operating with the law of attraction? Are you doing it right? If you are, oh, you'll be my happy all the God. time. Yeah, and, and all and of the stuff will all manifest time, all for you right now, all the time, exactly you, what you're looking because for. Because you're yeah. not doing it right. That's why you're that's, so angry. You're in the wrong place. You're not aligned correctly. That's it's not like, how what? life really works. What if right? we just like took all that and said, thank you, mind, for trying to protect yeah. me from feeling difficult things. And what if we reframed it as to, I'm available for life. Yeah. I'm available for life to be here with whatever glory life wants to deliver. And I'm available to experience it, to feel it, to receive it, to move myself through it, to understand something more about myself through the experience of it. And then I don't need to defend against life so much or try to like orchestrate my life so as not to have those experiences because I have magical thinking about how I can like prevent it from happening. Yeah. 
Exactly. Well, and enlightenment doesn't necessarily mean you will never go back into negative feelings. I find that enlightenment hangs around like the rest of the emotions for a little while and then, you know, something else will swing through. And just when I think, yeah, you know what, I think I've got it licked. Then I go home and visit my family and go, okay, I still got some shit to work on. (laughs) I'm still human. Oh my goodness. I am still human. I still have a body. I still have emotions. I'm still feeling this. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But the emotions are a tool. They're a tool to let you know. Are, are you on a good track for yourself? Or are you not on a good track for yourself? Have you set appropriate boundaries? Are you saying no where you need to say no? Are you saying yes where you need to say yes? And a lot of what we choose to say yes and no to, we don't choose consciously. We choose subconsciously. All of that stuff that we learn as a young child up to like age five to seven, it goes in completely unexamined. It goes in with the story that the child attached to it. And a lot of time the child doesn't understand what's going on with the adults around them. So it, it will come in with a story about what you are that had nothing really to do with you. And that's one of the reasons that I absolutely adore hypnosis, because we can go into that subconscious mind and we can look at those beliefs that, that you absorbed. We can look at the things that your inner child learned would keep you safe or that were a desirable outcome. And if they're not actually a desirable outcome, if they're not actually still keeping you safe, we can rewire that into something that is more supportive for you, that makes more sense for you. So you can do things like stop choosing the users and the players to be your partner in life, you know, because a lot of those choices are made on a very subconscious level. Yeah. And so we can, I mean, yes, we can prevent some pain in our lives by going (laughs) into the subconscious and, and noticing it, having awareness, bringing in tools like hypnosis or healings or things like that. Even just feeling our feelings is tremendously useful. Absolutely. Because especially if you're a guy, you're taught not to feel your feelings at all. And in fact, some of my male clients have been the most challenging because it's like feel into your body and tell me what what's going on in there, what emotions are happening. And they're like, nothing. I just have head. Nothing. Exactly. I'm not feeling anything going on. Disassociated from that thing. (laughs) Exactly. And I see that a lot with trauma victims as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, It's not safe to be in the body. I'm not going down in there. And that's something that can be shifted. It's something that can be changed. So you can tune into that because it served its purpose in the moment, right? Because when you're going- encapsulation of the trauma. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It was too much to deal with in that moment. And to keep yourself safe, your mind put it all into a little ball, into a little package- for you to deal with later in smaller bits, which is why it kind of leaks out in dribs and drabs. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to just heal it all now. No, it, it would be too much anyway. Yeah, you don't so, really want to pierce that veil like all at once, some of that stuff. Yeah, I had you want to let it out little by little. I had a client where I actually went in there and put a bubble around it, a protective bubble around the traumatic spaces just so that it would stay kind of in a healing energy, but like not be opened all at once, right? So she could connect with her body. And that part is just encapsulated. So that's also possible, like, especially for people of trauma. It's like- uh, Yeah, especially if it's relatively fresh, it can be so overwhelming, you can't function. 
And so there is an importance to having that insulation around it, but not so thick an insulation that some of it can't come out and be healed little by little. It's like the difference between having a a little tap in the dam where you can open up and you can get as much water as you need and then you can close it again and just ripping the dam open, which like floods and you know, <laughs> wipes good. out everything downstream, right? But when it's like that, when it's like in those moments where it just seems overwhelming and it's, and it's just saturated... It's yeah. like to encapsulate that gives a person the ability to at least be in their body, you know, because Absolutely. the only place it's going to heal is when you're in your body. It's the only Yes, place. exactly. And you don't want to be in there because it hurts. I understand. But this is one technique you might ask for support with to kind of like, you know. Yeah. To give yourself so you can get in some breathing room. Exactly. (laughs) Because we we, we want something between, you know, the gushing floodwaters and And no water whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, healing is tricky like that, right? Like as a healer, it's like every circumstance is unique. Every situation is unique. There's always some lesson inside each one. And then, but we try to have all these rules. Like I find myself like even now, like, well, if you do this and that helps with that. And then if you do this and that helps with this and then if this, but honestly, it's in the moment. I mean, whatever yeah, it's, it's, it's what spirit life. guides to in the moment. Right. I find a lot of times I'll get a, like a new client come and they've filled out their profile and I've looked at all their stuff and I see all these patterns and it's like, Okay, I think I know what we're doing. And then I'll get into session <laughs> and spirits like toss all that out. Here's where we're starting. I'm like, this doesn't seem to have anything to do with anything, but it's always the right place to start. And it's always the way that unravels it with the most ease and grace. Exactly. The hollow bone is the place to be. And then you find out so much more. And then we get to learn. And then we go, oh, I'm going to apply that next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except the next time is completely different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so crazy. It's a fun adventure, you guys. I mean, so how, just take a moment, everybody. Speaking of bodies, <laughs> how is yours? Everybody take a moment and just check in. We, we talked about so many things. And Sophia, Rena, do you want to lead us in some kind of little body connection so people can get in touch with themselves yeah, with all the we, things we just talked about? We, we'll do a little bit of that and we're going to do a little mind stuff. Because we just had a conversation that probably pushed a bunch of buttons for people. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to invite you to do before we go into the body thing, take your pen, take your piece of paper, go find one really quick, like, and I want you to write down the places where your buttons were pushed. Because this is important information for you. Because that reaction, although your mind is trained to go, well, it's those women over there. When your buttons are pushed, that's information about you and places where you need to take a closer look. So take note of some of those. And then let's take a nice deep letting go breath. Just close your eyes and be with yourself. And your thoughts are going to happen. They do that. Thank you, thoughts. And just let those fly on off. They'll be, they'll come back around if they're really important. Take another nice deep letting go breath. Mm. <sighs> and feel some of the stress just go with each of those breaths. We're going to do another one. And this one, I want you to breathe all the way down to your toes. <sighs> and let it all go. Mm. 
I'd invite you to just observe your physicality. Some of you will find this very easy to do. You'll notice, oh, well, there's this tightness between my shoulder blades or an ache in my lower back or my knee or something. Just observe whatever that is. For others, it might not be so much your body as you notice an emotion or a vibration that's happening in your physicality. Just observe whatever it is. Don't try to make it go away or anything. Just observe it. And get a little curious about it. What are you here to tell me? What are you here to tell me? And just receive whatever comes back in whatever way it comes back. Some people will hear or feel something or know something in response to that question. However it arrives for you is fine. It's perfect. It's your best channel of communication with your body. Just notice what that message is. And give it space. Let it have all the space in the world that it wants. It may want to take over your entire body. Let it. It may grow up to fill the room or the house or the city. It may want to take over the whole universe. Give it as much space as it wants. And just watch it as it continues to expand. Sometimes it'll show you patterns or give you additional messages. And just receive what comes. Give it some time. Hmm. And observe it until it feels complete. Completeness can show up in a number of ways. Sometimes it dissipates. Sometimes it transmutes into something else. Sometimes it just becomes quieter. Whatever it does is perfect. Take another look into your body. Hmm. And see if it's still there. Or if perhaps it's left an empty space behind, as sometimes these things will. If you do notice that whatever it is has gone, I would invite you to focus in on your heart center. There is a space in there where the love wells up. Sometimes it can be challenging to find it initially, but the surest way to turn it on is to bring to mind the person or animal that you love most simply in this life. Half placed in your arms. Allow that love to well up. That's your true essence right there. Take a couple of nice deep breaths, bringing in more of that essence of you and sending it into any empty places. And once the empty places are full, allow it to spill over and form a great big puddle all around you. 
So you're floating in this beautiful water drop of love. Hmm. That's it. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your gift with us, Sophia Renia. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It was my joy. I'm sure everyone (laughs) feels relaxed now and about to go take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not a bad idea. (laughs) Not a bad idea. We probably don't do that enough. So yeah, this whole thing was really, this whole interview was really to support everybody to move through it, right? So what do you do when the buttons are pushed and how do you bring yourself into homeostasis and how do you release it and bring in the higher vibrations and support yourself with some self-care? Exactly. And noticing is the first step. Mm -hmm. Then once you've noticed and you've observed your pattern, you can decide on different ways to respond. Because we're programmed in a a particular response based on our upbringing and a number of other things. So once you're aware, then you can make different choice. And you can move through the steps consciously. And then you don't remain in any of these places any longer than you absolutely have to. Which allows more time to be in the emotions you'd prefer to be in. There you go. There you go. Bringing the light to the shadows. That's what we're doing here. Is there anything else you want to share with people before we head out? (sighs) Really appreciate yourself for what you've done up to this point, what you've lived through, what you've survived up to this point. A lot of us don't give ourselves near enough credit for how strong and resilient we've been. And I know sometimes it feels like I'm not the least bit of strong. I'm just like hanging on here by my fingertips. That's okay. You're hanging on. That's the whole point is to continue so that you live to fight another day, to have another shot at it, to take another run at it. And I would just like to acknowledge that you've done an amazing job and whatever you're going through right now, be it good bad or indifferent, you've got this. That's beautiful. Beautiful encouragement. I love that. Thank you for your gift. I really enjoyed being in your healing art, you know, because we've had lots of conversations and lively dialogues, but not necessarily (laughs) experienced that side of you. And that was really beautiful to experience. So I was deep bow to your sacred gift And yes, absolutely. Thanks for sharing it here. And, you know, everyone just consider what do you need? What do you really need to get through this? What would support you? What would help you to move things with through things with more grace and ease? What would help you to feel better in your life? And can you give yourself those moments? Can you give yourself that care? Could you give yourself a healing session? Could you give yourself a hypnosis? Could you give yourself some nice float spa, a massage. I don't know. <laughs> Can you give yourself some roses? 30 minutes of peace and quiet to just sit and breathe? Sit and breathe, meditate, go on nature, sit on the ground, be on mama earth, be in the woods. Can you just give yourself some silence? Can you give yourself, if you can't do silence because your head goes active, can you give yourself some tones, some miracle yeah. tones? You know. Well, and and here's the thing. Okay, because I understand the busy, busy brain. 
And Me it, too. It was <laughs> it went apeshit the first time I tried <laughs> to meditate. Here's the thing to know. If you sit down and your brain kicks into overdrive, you don't have to sit to have peace and quiet. Okay, sometimes the most important thing you can do is just to move into a mindfulness sort of exercise, a rhythmic activity that you don't dislike. Okay, some people like washing the dishes, the nice warm water and the rhythm and the repetition. Get yourself into a peaceful space where you can do something that's mindless, but requires just enough that your brain doesn't go crazy. That can be a meditation in and of itself. Don't get hung up on how other people define meditation and how other people define peace and quiet. It doesn't always mean sitting in the lotus pose in the middle of a meadow somewhere. (laughs) You know, and it might be dancing. It might be moving your body. It might be, that's where this phrase chop wood, carry water comes from. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Chopping wood takes concentration, but it also takes your mind out of the thing that you're, you know, so that it doesn't think so much. That's beautiful. Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for always engaging with us and being part of the community. Even if I've never seen your face yet, I <laughs> I honor you. I say yet because I do hope to see your faces um, at some point in, in one of the webinars or the free offers or something where we get to actually see what you look like or a session and just want to connect with all of you. And Sophia, thank you so much for your gift and so grateful for you coming on the show. For everyone out there, please like, subscribe, share. If you think that somebody would really benefit from hearing this interview, please share it out. That's one way you can contribute and make the world better for someone. And we're going to give you kisses. So you ready, Sophia? I'm ready. Let's do kisses. Love you guys. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye Bye. for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Show. Awaken Take a sip from the drip of the nectar from the source of who you are.